Wait, you guys see you got a collection of losers going for me? A collection of losers. That's not how we're starting this. You have a Piazza poster? What? 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 Like Daryl Strawberry. You don't like this music, so I'm just going to just cut it up here. Welcome to the second episode of season three of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. In case you couldn't hear that applause, I had to turn it up. I'm going to try that one again. I'm your host, John X. And the crowd is not amused. (laughs) Back for our second episode of Born in Trouble. How you brothers doing tonight? My illustrious panel. From Detroit, Michigan. Home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. Come down and get you some. And we mean only chicken. Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, y'all? How you living? From the A, Mr. Dub K himself, Gene Hopkins. Right, 1-800, Bud is love. Bud is love. Bud is love. 1-800-Bud love. Bud is love. <laughs> and of course, love. from the city of Philadelphia, the city which is now collectively crying in its beer over a 22-point deficit to the Nets. But he's not a Net fan, and he's not a Philadelphia 76er fan. But he is a baseball man, and he's got to go back to work, which is why I'm wearing my Mets jersey. Mr. Robert Brooks. Like the Mets jersey. Appreciate it. Did they settle something? Yeah, they they did. Oh, yeah, they got it. Looks like they got it straightened out today. Oh, Philly is playing uh, the Nets they tonight? Do? They're playing yeah. the Nets right is now. Ben Simmons playing? Nah, he's not nope. playing. And that's pretty sad because they're losing by 22 right now in the third quarter. Kyrie has just come out and put oh, a can of whoop-ass on, on him. Yep, Durant has come out NBA. and put a it, can of whoop-ass out there. And they are just whipping Philly's ass right now. So, don't make them run. I don't think I don't so. If they got that much of a run in them, it's been it's been yeah, wild. they've been going like this be wire to big. wire. Yeah, it's it's the NBA. Every everybody makes a run. That's true. In the words of Charles Barkley, what's Harden doing? Uh-huh. Harden wasn't doing much. He Breaking hit like up. two. He hit like uh, two three pointers at the end of the second quarter, but for the rest of the game, he was like one for like three thousand. Harden's a Barkley's bum. crushing him at halftime. Yeah, Irving oh, Irving is in his ear. Kyrie's in his ear. Kyrie came and played him like straight up beginning of the game and everything. He's talking to him while he's sinking threes in his eye and everything. You should have waited. You should have waited. You know, to me, James Harden is a jag. He's just a guy. He can score a lot, but he ain't never going to help your team win because he gives up too easily. He gives up on himself. How is he going to help you carry your team? He's a third-plus best wow. player. Yeah. I felt this way about him for a long yeah, time. Great. He's he's a very talented player. Evaluation. 
yeah, he's a very talented player. He's going to put up a lot of points and everything. But at the end of the day, man, it's like it's always what's in between your ears, man, that makes it go. And to me, and what's in your heart and everything. And to me, I just see a guy who just like he never has been responsible to his teammates, you know, when he's played. He's not responsible to his team. He'll get himself traded if he doesn't like the way things are working out for him. He plays in the playoffs. He blames other guys. And to me, I didn't really have an opinion on him until the whole Chris Paul thing in Houston. Because to me, if you can't get along with Chris Paul, you're not really trying to win. Because all Chris Paul wants to do is win. So, But they said Chris Paul is a, I'm talking about, sphincter extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, I can believe it. That's what the, that's what the. That's the word on the streets, and you know what they say about the streets. The yeah. streets don't lie. Yeah, but you know what? But you know what, though? <laughs> that, but there's a reason. But you know what? Isaiah was the same way. People hated Isaiah. People hated Jordan. People hate, like, you know, it's like all these guys, it's very rare where you get these guys that are all kumbaya. I bet you, like, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are a little bit, of, got a little bit of asshole in them, too. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be surprised. But all you hear is all the good stuff about him. You have to be an asshole. But the whole point is to win. Kobe and Shaq hated each other. They fucking hated each other towards the end. But when they Shaq were in between those lines. Huh? What'd you Shaq say? Shaq wanted out every day. He hated playing with them. Hated That's playing with Shaq them. Shaq was a big goofball. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? When they got in between those lines, all that stuff gets forgotten. It's like the same thing I said about it. We were talking about that quarterback from, um, and we don't normally talk about sports on this podcast, but we were talking about that guy from Cleveland. What's his name? The one that um, Odell got Baker away from? Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And I was saying, like, yo, my, my opinion on Baker Mayfield is trade him, get rid of him, and no team should ever take him and expect to rely on him. Because the way I see it is that if you, when you're playing the sports, like we all played sports to a certain extent, and we've all been, or we've all been a part of a team to a certain extent, you know, whether you like a guy or not, it doesn't really matter. When you're trying to get the job done and everything, you got to put that shit aside and you got to get the job done. If you don't like, if Baker Mayfield didn't like Goldell Beckham and he's not throwing to him, he's like basically, he's putting his team out there. He's fucking killing his team. So you can't win with a guy like that who, like, takes their personal opinions before everything else. You can't win. That's not the way it works. And I guess that's kind of a microcosm of the world when you think about it. Sports is really a microcosm of the world. Because if you, whether or not you like somebody, it doesn't matter. It's just like you shouldn't, you know, you... Nah, you somehow, know, we had we had some teammates back in the day who, who overused the N-word. Oh, yeah. You know, but they were our teammates. They are our boys. We weren't, you know, we right. battled White boys? Oh yeah! Yeah, oh, man, you kidding me? We got the famous one. We In won't. Even, hell yeah! We won't say. We won't yeah, we say won't, his name. But, but we, but we love him for that though. We love him for that though. At least he was honest about. At least they're honest about what they were. Really? You know that? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The I was talking. It's funny. Yeah, like, I'm cool on that. I'm cool. Go ahead, Gene. Go ahead, Gene. No, I'm cool on that. I, there was a time where I would ignore that, and maybe if uh, if uh, on some days I would. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, I have a crazy—I shouldn't call it. I have a cousin that's 
about it's about whatever. Okay, let's just say that. And one of the white white boy neighbors across the street was over, and they and this is in California, and they obviously obviously have a, a years long relationships or whatever. And the white boy was in there, and he and you know white boy was like, yeah, them niggas this and that, and blah blah blah, and they was having a conversation. And he was like, you know, you know, like niggas tripping or something like that, and then you know, uh, it kind of settled down and uh i couldn't help myself i said hey man let me ask you a question man and he said what's up i said why why, why are you so comfortable saying something that can be taken as uh offensive you know around people where that might be a high probability <laughs> you know well, why are you comfortable who you know why is that and yo he was you know deer in the head like mm-hmm. you know he you know it was like there was nothing, you know, uh, he could say because he immediately regretted it. I could see it all over his face and everything else. And this dude was probably 26, you know, kid in my, you know, right. in my estimation for the most part. And he was like, oh, you know, he didn't have a really good answer, this and that. And so and I was like, well, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not a- offended, nothing like that. But, you know, I always wonder, you know, with the climate of the social climate going on right now, why you know someone would be comfortable uh you know with that and and you know obviously uh, needs to say i never heard it from him again and i seen him please <laughs> to that but he stopped all that bullshit but i i just can't i i don't know man you know now i, I just i don't like i don't think in many cases you know it's appropriate for it to go un, un unaddressed well, even you back know, then, it wasn't going uh, just in some way. I don't yeah. think it has to be violence, but yeah. You know. Well, even back then, it wasn't going unaddressed. But it kind of goes to the difference of the um, of the times, and it kind of leads into a, like a conversation that we were having. Me and Rob had like just earlier today when I was relating to him a story about. I was relating to him a story from a guy, um, one of the one of the vendors I'm working with on this cannabis site, and you know he's older now. He's a sixty year old white dude. You know, he's, he's a cool guy, you know, and um, he's telling me about his past. He's saying, like, you know, well, look, John, and I can tell he's listened to the show, or at least I think he's listened to the show, because the way he's addressing t- cause the way he's addressing it. He's like, look, he's like, you know, when I went to college, I went to college on a basketball scholarship. I was a white boy with a 40-inch with a forty inch vertical, and there was a guy on my team, and his name was, like, something white. And everything. So I was the only white boy on this team. So they started calling me poor black. You know, they called him like something white and they called him. The black teammates called him like, you know, poor white. You know, so and he just that was his name for four years and they laughed about it. And it was like it was acceptable. It's like, you know, sort of like that's my white boy. You know, we used to have that. We had those relationships with people that were like, you know, that we didn't think about race or a transcended race in that in that in that meaning, but usually those people they understood they have a greater understanding of like what the what the right what the right thing to say in the right setting is, you know, because those cats if you're around black people twenty four hours a day seven days a week for the most part you're gonna understand etiquette a little bit more you're gonna know when you go to a mixed place you don't come out your mouth and you don't say the things that you would say around just your people just like we all have conversations in our house that differ from conversations we would have in public 
So, but you you think you think people know that these days? Definitely not. They're not <laughs> right. even okay. Definitely not these days. They're not even checking for it. You know the minutia yeah, in the world. I, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just gonna say I've I've been in the bank and heard abroad arguing with her with her man. Oh well, I'm assuming it was a man over the phone in the bank. She talking cash shit, like just out in public. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, I, obviously, I can only hear one end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But she dropping all kinds of motherfuckers and your little dick and blah blah blah, whatever the fuck she was saying. She was way out of pocket. Well, you know, and they get way out of pocket as soon as the moment they get their feelings hurt a little bit, they get way out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Like they forget everything. Right. They think yeah. they can burn down the village. She's in a bank though. She's oh. in a in a bank in a bank setting. I mean, granted, she don't know none of these people from Adam, mm-hmm. but that's even more reason why you should keep your shit in house. To me, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you know, it don't work like that anymore. Are you saying this is a Caucasian woman? No, this this was a sister oh, that okay. was just on the phone that that was just on the phone talking to her man. But I'm just using that as as an example. I mean, white people white people that that uh, call. White people that use niggas, to me, I don't understand why, whether you use the word or not, is really academic to me. But why do you feel like you should be able to? You know what I mean? Like, why? why? That's well, the biggest question to me. Yeah. Given, well, given that we all know the history of the word, blah, blah, blah. You know, if well, black people well, inflicted and made a determined endearment, whatever, whatever. This is something that we did, right? So why do you feel like you need to be able to come in on the shit that we did and say, you know, call your people niggas too or call other other black people niggas too? See, to me, that's 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 the that's the question. Why is that the mentality? Well, we well have, I mean, I think to some degree, oh, we, gave a a we gave him a pass a little bit. We gave him a pass a little bit in the 90s. Like... All that rap shit with the music. Know, we was everything. Everything was nigga, nigga, nigga. My nigga, nigga, this, nigga, that, nigga, that. Like we right. we bleached the word out, and mm-hmm. then there was a reawakening in the culture. And all of a sudden, we're like, wait, a minute, we should stop using this amongst ourselves. And then, but these dudes who had been raised up, like I know a bunch of dudes who were like these, these white boys. You meet them, they wiggers, man. Like we used to call them wiggers back in the day. Like mm-hmm. they grew up right. all hip hop, black neighborhood, right. whatever. So I mean, it's just. It was in the air all around. Like Dollar Bill. Like Dollar Bill. Remember Dollar Bill from CI? Y'all remember him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you had dudes like that. Like, you know, it was just it was just in the air everywhere. And so, you know, the culture sort of took a spin back around and say, wait a minute, we shouldn't be using this word either. They definitely shouldn't be using it. And so now you got to recalibrate everything. But we sort of gave them a pass. We didn't mean to, but that's just what we was on. Cultural right. mistake. Yeah, but that pa- there was psych- there was a psychological reason we gave them that pass. You know, it wasn't just giving them a pass because you know there still were weren't deep embedded fears in black people, uh, and and you know just uh, uh, you know just just fears of uh, confrontation or conflict or anything like that. You know, I mean, I did. I gave people a pass. In the army, I used to have this white boy from San Francisco. Man, he used to get with us and start that shit, you know. And I, I always feel like this: this comedian, this white comedian, man, he nailed this shit. And they, and, and I always felt like this anyway. This white comedian, 
everybody's good with it. <laughs> you know, the first time they say nigga come out their mouth around black people, they start looking around mm-hmm. to test to see right. if uh, is yeah, everybody yeah. good with this. And then you know, then they get, then they either. Uh, either they go into it or, 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 you know, they get confronted or something like that. But this dude, man, I, I, I remember his name. I won't say it, but I remember his name. And, uh, it was always, I always felt like it was a sense of, uh, trying to, uh, get along. Ingratiate yourself. That has its own, uh, uh, yeah. A psychological yeah. reason, you know, trying to get along. But at the same time, equally, I always felt like uh, this is like a a test of power, you know. Like, a, a, am I in this position of superiority or authority where well, I can really get away with this? Well, you know, we we you know, had this... like is you know is my position secure? So I don't know, man. It's, yeah, I never liked it though. Well, look, we've had this conversation on this show well, before about the N word and the usage of the N word, but not quite in the context of dealing with it, say, in the '90s or 2000s, to have a conversation about as to how we got it here and how we got to this point today. So, as I sit back here and I think about that, I'm like, well, why would we give them more of a pass at that point in time? And at that point in time, were you really feeling like you were? Um, were you feeling the racism back then like you were feeling today? That's like a, that's like a serious question. Yes. You I, well I was. You feel it, but do you 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 didn't respond or you didn't the reaction of the response was different 20 30 years ago than now because even though oh you felt it and you and there were and, I didn't study it yet. You see, maybe, you know, and so you feel it, but then when you study it, you know it. And then when it's something, you know, you have a different, uh, you just, it affects you differently. Well, my thought, you know, when when someone violates, it it affects you differently. I feel you. My, My thought process was that, you know, back then it seemed like we were more like on the come up. You know, and it wasn't like um, we would have. It seems like there's more incidents today than there were than there were back then. It seems like there are more problems today than we than it was back then. And when I say problems, I mean problems that are initiated by groups of white people coming out of pocket and just basically expressly saying, "I am racist." You know, or like, you know, the ways that, you know, listen, if a person feels a certain way and I'm walking past them and everything, by the time I'm down the block and shit, I'm done with them, but they may still be thinking about me. And I think that's a lot of what happened and what occurred to the people of our generation, because they don't raise some racist ass motherfucking kids. Some of them then raise some racist ass motherfucking kids. And then some of them have turned like, you know, even more racist than, you know, I even imagined. Or I could have imagined at this point. And, you know, DT has something to do with that, but he can't pull out something that's not in you. Am I wrong? Because that's my perception. What? What is DT? John Donald. Donald John Trump, whatever. Yeah. The only thing I would say is... Oh, Donald Trump. Oh. 
I don't think there are any more incidents. And I mean, or let me not say that there's not more. I just think that now you hear about more because because there's there's more there's more media coverage. There's more. Everybody got a camera phone. Everybody got a got a ring doorbell. So you can see these incidents. You can see them. You know what I mean? Like back in back in the in the eighties, the country was much more regional. You know what I mean? Like you saw if you was in Philly, you saw what was in Philly pretty much. If you was in Detroit, you saw what was in Detroit. If you was in New York, you saw what was in New York. You know, well, New York probably ain't a good example because New York is the melt is is the mecca, and everything comes through New York. So you may have more information if you were in New York than you would if you was a Detroiter, right? But now all information is out there. You know what I mean? The internet, the internet, social media, whatever, whatever, you know, the TMZs of the world, everything is out there. So I I wouldn't say that there were more more incidents now. I think now they're just more publicized. But the fact that they're that they're more publicized also, in my opinion, serves to give people uh, that courage to be able to step out there and be like, all right, well, fuck it. They doing it. They doing it over there. I might as well do it over here too. You know what I mean? Like if that's really what I'm feeling. Cause that's courage. So like I, I also think that like the New York that we grew up in was a very aspirational place. Okay. Like there was a, there was, there was an upper echelon that everybody could get into. You know, everybody can go mm-hmm. into the city and become part of that scene. If they wanted to, if you wanted to, if you wanted to work your way in, and everybody sort of felt that, like everybody was on the come up, like you said, John. Like now, you know, they don't kill the middle class. Like, you know, a lot of these people, white and black, don't have that hope. Don't have that same hope that, like, in the '80s, like everybody was, everybody was ready for the next big thing. Like now, they like it. Now they're already sort of pre-subscribed back that the next big thing is going to pass them by. Yeah, they like they, the next big thing is only going to make them another is going to make them a smaller machine part. Society has killed the come up. Society yeah. has effectively killed the come up to the point where, you know, if you get that, if you get that type of um, stardom, you get that type well, of yeah, like, intelligence. The traditional come up. Yeah. There's only certain ways. It's like you could, you could do a rap record. You, know. you could do a, um, a TV show or you can do a, um, a reality TV show. You could stage well, now you a, could do an NFT. You could stage a beating. Yeah. You know? No, you could do internet could, shit now. You could stage you know, a beating by racist. You can stage a beating by racist and everything and just completely yeah, obliterate my, my everything homophobic. quality that you've Tell done you done. Go ahead with that transition. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed that it took him 35 minutes to get there. <laughs> it's not quite thir- it's, it's not quite 35. It's almost 20. Well, listen, you see? Rather fired off a shot at 825 this morning. I thought Juicy. there's no way we Just see? Listen, Juicy. man, when I, yo, yo, listen, bro, I'm just as ADD as the next guy. So sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll feel a certain way and I'll just run off five or six jokes like I did this morning. And when I saw Juicy or TV or was it Jesse? Juicy? Did you queue up the Old Town 357? Nah. That's, that's all I want to know. Juicy I was gonna listen. I I you was gonna do a whole talk. bunch Come of things. On. Come on, X. I was gonna do the juicy <laughs> oh, yeah. fruit juicy. thing. I was gonna key up a whole. I was like, but no. I said, listen. I did not do it because I knew if I got started, I'd have a whole pad full of like juicy stuff, and now I would just be back. annoyed. It just would be crazy. <laughs> but homie got yeah. 150 days. You talking about M two made juicy fruit, or you talking about yeah, the yeah, 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 juicy fruit. Do 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 do. 
Jameson too may pass away like last month. See, I'll see you poison. I'm like, just imagine me doing like my hands going. Yeah, man, you got 150 days, bro. I just looked it up. Made sure everybody in the courtroom knew. Did he really? Suicidal. If something happens to me in there. Somebody did it to me. I didn't do it to myself. I, he said I'm not suicidal like four times. Really? Yeah, but well, who would want to kill I, him? Said, Man, there's I, just so I, many pieces to this you. that we don't I, know. I respect the, the jury. I respect you, Judge. But I'm not I'm not guilty. Well, you know Y'all what, Gene? Wrong. To answer your question, Gene, the lawyers that, that, that reside, that have the placard up in his head, they're the ones who told him. They're the ones that have been advising him. This entire time, they hatched this plan at their office inside the frontal lobe of his brain. And then he acted out. Now he's doing 150 days. He's going to have a Netflix special. He's going to have a Netflix special, a book, and a movie, probably. He's going to get he mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Right. If they so, were gonna, so I, 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 I thought he was on a TV show. The mission was already accomplished. He was on Blackish, right? Yeah, was on Blackish. No, nah, he, he was on Empire. Empire. Yeah, he was on Empire. <laughs> you clouded your boy Anthony Anderson. That was going on here. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony Anderson. Ate you, Drew Hall. Holla, what? Anthony. What's up with Anthony it's, Anderson? Nothing. He don't know Jesse Smollett. <laughs> he may. That's right. Well, he may. He may. He may. It runs deep. You know. I, I, I think the bigger question is why Why was it so imperative that we, uh, like, once they found out it was a hoax, why was it so imperative that because Jesse Smollett, Smollett I will answer that question for you. Because Jesse Smollett... It's, it's Jesse. It's not Juicy, right? Jesse Smollett made white America unsafe with his antics. Because if a B-list actor can accuse any random white person... <laughs> I'm serious. Why are you laughing? If a B-list... What, okay, C-list actor <laughs> can accuse any random white guy of anything at any time... You're not safe. Some people consider them eight. Some consider them what? I feel bad for his sister. They, they tried to. They tried. They tried to give him the benefit said, of the doubt. I feel so bad for his sister. You, you, yeah, she don't deserve that well, smoke. If if she needs consulting, I got her. Yeah, well, I think there'll be a line for that one. Listen, he just got to take his medicine. Exactly. He's getting paid I'm for it. Right to grant. The fact that we're <laughs> listen. The fact that we're talking about him. Yo, Kathy Griffin level it tactics. It's a my exact exactly. It's a mine right now. You see, five years from now, he's B. Ten, maybe fifteen years years from now, maybe I'll be dead and he'll be A. I won't know. I won't know. I'll never know. Twenty years, thirty years from now, he could become the sexy old guy. But he stayed in to, the game. We have to talk to Tyler Perry. 
going to have to talk to Tyler Perry about that because he's probably the only brother who will hire him when he gets out of jail. Listen, he stayed in the game, bro. So, nah, y'all are playing he, checkers. Can he sing a rap or something? Huh? Can he sing a rap or something? I don't know. Juicy, can he can he sing a rap or something? He, he was on Empire. With, uh, Miranda, with uh, Miranda Lynn. He was on oh, Empire. He, he, might, he may be on a... He was on Empire. Yeah, maybe, they all have to have talent. Of, uh, Watch that, the show. Damn it, Grant. Are you telling me right now? Are you going to sit here and tell... Wait, let me stop you for a second. Are you telling me that you did not support Empire? You don't know what he no. does well? You didn't support it? You, don't, you I mean, can't don't tell me if he can rap or whether he can sing or a tap dance or does magic tricks? I mean, I figured he could do something. No clue. I was out on I was out on Empire from the get up. He could sing. See, Gre- Gene. Oh, so, so thank you, Gene. Yeah, thank you, Gene, for supporting black artists. Thank you, thank you, Gene. I got caught up. You watched the show, Rob. It was, a little, it was you know just for a second, just for a minute, and then then I got sick of it, and I hated it. But Why'd I got you get caught sick up of it? Yeah, why'd you get sick what about it? Because it's just all uh it's all sensationalism. It's just all it's it's all sensationalism and it's almost like love and hip hop meets Dallas, you know? Or so, you know, it's like, you know, you, you get the drama, the soap opera, this and that. But then, you know, I guess I, I enjoyed that it was a story about, you know, brother rising through adversity and challenges and stuff like that. I, I think I enjoyed that part of it more than anything. Well, know? according to Sean Puffy and, uh, Combs, then, it was his know, story. The wife's. I wonder if he's still suing. Is nah. he still suing? Look, that dude was like uh, a mobster. I, he was I mean, what? What? that dude was like a mobster. That character was like a mobster. Who, how is that, you know... You know, a typical story. I mean, that's a gangster story. It, it wasn't even really a, a, you know, a Puffy story. Well, unless Puffy's a gangster, so, you know, like he played in uh in Carlito's Way Part Two or, or the prequel to Carlito's Way. I, I did enjoy his character in that. Mm. I did enjoy that character. Mm. You he know did what? that. You know what? I should have had one of my ex-convict friends on the show today, so that way we could have gone over. The difficulties and hardships that Juicy is going to have to go through in the county facility for the next probably thirty days, maybe fifteen. I don't know how much he's going to have. It ain't to hard. It's serve. boring. Just boring. It's boring. Yeah, it's boring, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, man. Like, have you ever heard of the one percenters in light? I mean, in criminal, the criminal one percenters. Well, it's it's less than one percent of the people are actually like will rape you and and kill you. Everybody mm. else, man, is in there on some goddamn traffic violations, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm some bullshit or yeah. whatnot. I mean, the jail is filled with just ordinary people, you know, but who pay taxes, this, that, or domestic violence. or People think the jails are filled with gang people tatted up and ready to just put a stiff one in you as soon as you walk in the door. <laughs> that's, you know... That's Alcatraz. That's, that's you know, just Rikers. Hold, that's just, you know, just tell right? the truth. 
Don't hold uh, back. A, a shank or something else. They, they, they call it shanking your ass. <laughs> Literally shanking your what, ass. What, you know what, what, what was the line? What was the, the line that American me? Shit on my dick or blood on my knife. Which one you want? Mm. Yeah. American yep. me, bro. Yeah. Uh, well, that's real movies. Yep. That's real movie making for you. <laughs> American and that one cinema. Was, uh, American me was, was actually... Those dudes were involved yeah, in the yeah. making of it, and they were. That, that was vato. Yeah, well. That's right. The body of Holmes. Well, you know, the thing <laughs> is, they're kind of mad. They're kind of mad at Jesse, though. You know, even though it's only in the county, I'm sure they have some places that can be uncomfortable. And I'm sure they're going to have to pay a lot of money, or that, or he's got to hope that is. Uh, yeah. His uh, courthouse plea will keep him out of trouble and keep him basically normal, you know. Other, that stainless otherwise, toilet is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, is it really? <laughs> that stainless toilet is uncomfortable. You know, what I'm saying watching people watching your back while you squat is probably <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> shit, it's boring though, man. It's just boring. Well, just sit sit in place. I shouldn't be laughing, you know, brother. He did what he had to do, though. You know, I don't know how to feel about it one way or the other. The only ones who really know at the end of this whether it was worth it will be his accountant. And he won't be able to talk for a couple of years about how this move works. So we're just going to go ahead and change the subject and say good luck, Jesse. You know, maybe he might become Tracy Morgan in The the Longest Yard. Yeah. Who knows, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Your breath smells like shark shit. Well, the best thing he can do is hope that he inspires another another one of the participants to come and come out and become an actor themselves because we could use another Michael. You know, who is it that passed away that they just found that um, the brother? John Brown. Who was Bookman. that? Oh, yeah, Bookman. Bookman. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Buffalo, but yeah. Were you yeah. talking about Michael K. White? Michael K. White. Yeah. That who you were for? Yeah, that's that what I was actually to. thinking about. Yeah. That's who I was. Not Bookman? No, not Bookman. Not Buffalo Butt. Bookman, I always think about Buffalo Butt. Good times. That's America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we, all I remember is Thelma. You don't remember his name? You yeah, remember said, Buffalo remember Butt? Thelma. Oh, Thelma. Right. Oh, my God. Thelma. Mm. Thelma came to Howard down in. She came to Howard down at night in 1988. Was down in the punch out. Let me tell you, she was looking yummy, yummy, yummy. Just sitting there Brad, chilling. Finest woman ever to be in a series on TV. Trying to tell you, Bernadette. He said, "Ever." I don't know. I think I might ever. get at the brandy, Moesha. Moesha. Huh? Oh, I'm weird like that. I'm weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. she, she ain't got the fortune patio. She ain't got the Yo. fortune patio to fuck with Thelma, bruh. At all. Uh, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, oh, no, we, yeah. we've been cruising along, cruising along, cruising along, all peaceful and whatnot. You know, we haven't talked about anything actually serious. And the only thing serious to talk about is, of course, Ukraine. How is your favorite stripper from Ukraine dealing with this whole process right now? <laughs> Yo, I'm going to tell you something, but Yo, this news, who said that? Y'all heard of Lee Camp, right? They canceled that ass. Uh, or, the, you know, like he went out. I mean, 
like he's off the air or something. Off really? Thing. Well, he said something like that? Fu- Yo, no, the funny thing is I never listened to K- Lee Kemp, right? And he comes all over my feed and it's like, yo, this guy, you know, it's it's hard for me to listen to. But anyway, uh, I did listen to his goodbye. You know, like, you know, he's going to give the lowdown on what, what, what they're not, you know, what, what's, what's happening with Ukraine. And then, he, and then he went on in. He was like, yo, the U.S. wants this war. It's good for media. It's good for business. Good for this and that. And, you know, these politicians are putting on hell of an acting jobs, you know, with their positions on it and so on and so forth. But the U.S. is happy. The longer this war goes on, the, uh, the happier they are. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting perspective, you know, that, that uh, nobody in the news is, you know, will talk about, is talking about it. But what I've noticed is Fox and, I mean, Fox is, is banging on Russia too, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they have a united front going some group somewhere because you you very rarely see a bunch of consistency on those two na- on those two networks except for when shit like 911 happens or you know some shit that you know they want everybody to be one voice on i guess well they're all happy because they need that conflict that conflict drives ratings it gives them something to do it, um it excites the stock market you know, we've had oil going up. We've had like different things going up and down, depending on what's being reported on in the war. And it gives them something to report on. And most importantly, it allows us to not look at ourselves and our own actual problems. It allows them to exactly. operate here and do everything that they want to do while we're looking over there at what's exactly. going on over there. So I don't want to see them folk crying on TV and telling their stories and stuff you can go get for every one you show on television about them folks crying being displaced and everything else you go find somebody right in chicago mm-hmm. <laughs> you know saying that she right. could be doing that damn news story on mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? right but you want to you know you want to run over another country and pull at everybody's heartstrings you know that's all they doing this how could this and that, and that. Man, give me a break. I just watched that Chicago series on Netflix. Man, you see what they did? Man, I hate watching the details of when I know, okay, they did something fucked up. I don't have to, you know, like, I don't ever have to see details special on Flint, Michigan to Mm. to know. But when you see the details, it's kind of like, ah, it gets you, you know, it just makes your skin crawl a little bit. I'm not watching no goddamn Ukraine news after watching that. Give a shit about them people over there so until did, we give a shit about people over here. It could be all bad people about the Ukraine. I did see something about the Ukraine that I thought was interesting. The uh, the trans community mm-hmm. in the Ukraine that that uh, you know we 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 uh, identify as women, mm-hmm. you know, because they letting women out the country. Mm-hmm. The Ukraine, the Ukraine is like. Uh, Look here, bruh. Mm. Sit you got your balls. Ass down. Yeah, sit you got your balls. Ass down. You get a little yeah, Sit your ass down, bruh. You ain't going another further. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or so, if you're black. So wait, did it? Well, <laughs> well yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, they got you know, the like can't get on the train or nothing. Well, they got them out of there thanks to like Sean King and his group. They like work to get all those. Um, a lot of I think it was 500 African students that were stuck there stranded and they got them all on a train yesterday morning and they got them out of there and that was a good thing because that's really that really had me more like eugene like you know fuck these people 
Yeah. You know, they leaving it's the brown. Got me like that. Yeah, they leaving the brown yeah. people to just like sit around and just like, yo, well, if you get bombed in the interim, no, they ain't leaving to sit around. They they were, they were telling them to go pick up a gun. Is right. that what they were telling They're them? Like, you y'all, think? y'all can't go home. Oh yeah, yeah. They were telling them to go pick up a gun. Yeah, the oh, real no. life expendables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real life expendables. All that shit for some borscht? I don't think so. That shit ain't worth it. It's not that good. It's crazy. Man, I love to hear I love to hear conservatives rip into uh other governments and stuff like that. I mean, especially conservatives. Democrats do, but I love to hear it when conservatives do it. It's almost you know, all I all I all I see is a cartoon character of a really dark bottom pot <laughs> pointing over to a to a kettle <laughs> and saying, "You black motherfucker, you, you black." black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell the world, "You black motherfucker." I be sitting there like, "What did they just say? Them folks do?" <laughs> you know, it, it blows my mind. I mean, you know that uh, that we sit up. I mean, and then man, I can't. Then, you, then you'll have uh, activists get on TV and give opinions. Just, uh, I just, boom. I don't even know what kind of world I'm in anymore. I was sitting around thinking today, shit, this is some, what is this journey? Well, What's the goddamn point? I was, And I'm not suicidal. I was sitting there watching him, and I'm I'm like, damn. <laughs> I, w- I turned on Fox today, and I watched that for like about 15 minutes, turned that off. And then I turned on um somebody else on... um. He was like Shepard Smith or whatever. And I'm just noticing that they're all happy that they have something to do and something to talk about to a certain extent. And the Republicans, they really don't know what the fuck to do or what the fuck to say. They're just like tripping all over themselves because it was just like five minutes ago that they were at their leader. You know, this Donald Trump guy was saying how much he loved Putin. And now Putin is the worst humanitarian in the history of the world right now. He's bombing fucking hospitals and like, you know, shooting civilians and hitting like, you know, civilian targets and taking over nuclear plants and, you know, threatening the 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 like, you know, um, all of Europe because of him taking over this nuclear plant that's up and running. And it, it's just like he's like the Bond villain and. Then I see Donald Trump, you know, ask his supporters today to give him more money so that way he can buy a plane. So that way he can fly into his rallies in two years. They're like, you know, it's like, how do you fucking like deal with those two fucking... I try not to pick on people with their with their politics because like the liberals they fucked up too. We've like picked on you know picked on those people as well. But yo, it, the same way black people give a mega church pastor enough money to buy buy a plane. That's the same way his supporters will support him. Yeah, but that's crazy give though. A good reason, and they want to see. But they don't they don't realize that he's the reason he's one of the reasons why this shit has gone down the way that it's gone down. And like so you, you know, say- you and no, but you but you want him to so much so that you'd rather have him come back again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'd rather have him oh, come yeah. back and again? 
Oh no, not me. You t- oh, yeah. I was talking okay. and, and, and how they <laughs> think. You. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. shit. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a shit if he comes back again. I really right. don't. I'm indifferent to it. Right. You know, but 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 uh, I'm thinking that the way they think, they're all in uh, up there. Look, at the end of the day, man, what's not being said across this country, and that's what people hate when you start talking about history and racism and stuff like that. Uh, it only leads me to one conclusion, and I think that that comedian Joffrey says sim- something similar to this. But you, you know, uh, look, they just don't—they don't like black people. <laughs> they just don't <laughs> like us. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you know, and you don't want anything to change for us. But you will never say out of your mouth that you don't give a shit about. What you would rather say is, no, you guys are diseased and cannot and are incapable of pulling yourselves up by your bootstraps and this, that. That is, that's way more comfortable than saying you guys are a product of our country's maniacal history. They will never say that. So, so th- Putting this person in place and all these things, these are, I think these are comfort things because they want the, the the culture to exist as it has been for them. They don't want the privilege to disappear. Ain't nobody going to say that. People so, say, oh, no, that's a shallow explanation. The hell it is. It's maybe a simple one, but I don't think there's any lie to it, you know, unless you prove me wrong. Because if there were, if it was, if it was, if there was a, if, the, if it was a lie, then you, then we've all, we would have already gained, you know, uh, moved the needle forward uh, in an effective, significant way instead of just, you know. 13% for ch- almost 200 ch- years doesn't tell any lies. But, you know, what I was thinking about is like, as you say that, is that they have to protect what they have. But what if your name is Ryan Coogler and you go into a bank to take your money out and you give your ID and you write a note and you do all that other stuff. And the black woman who's the pregnant teller behind. Why did he write a note? Because he just wanted he didn't want anybody to hear. He's trying to be low key. He didn't want anybody to know he was about to walk out the building with 12K. Right, with the racks. Right, with the racks. Exactly. Yeah. So he wrote a note. He comes back. The pregnant black teller behind the counter, after verifying all of his forms of identification, decides, wow. and you know, having him it identify. His, the folk on it was a black woman who did it, and everything goes back. I don't. I don't know if the bank manager is black, but they're making it seem like it's all black on black crime, all the way around, all the way down to the cop. And you know you got Where people saying this is it down in Atlanta, Bank of Bank of America. Oh, probably was a whole black yeah. staff, there. right? Yeah. So they want to, so they want to like blame the bank for this, but it's actually like black people who have actually perpetrated the crime. So it's like you know, where's KRS one overseer, officer, 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 right. officer, officer, overseer, overseer from officer. They're protecting. They're protecting it. This is an all black. This is an all black area. You know these motherfuckers wiped it. They arrested the man who built Wakanda, the creator. You would think that would get your card canceled. I would think so. Like you, you like you, like you would think they're going to have to go to to barbecues with you know lousy potato salad for the next twenty years as yeah. some sort of penance. There like should they be. They should be with, 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 with raisins and, 
Lots and I lots do want to, you know, I do want to. Not the mayonnaise. I do want to hear her side before I cancel her, but it's like, oh, who, who are you? What she was, said she was scared. Like, there's, there's no amount of what's, what's no scared. Of, like he exactly like, but that. So in my mind, that just proves like we're all taught the same things. Like we go to the same shitty schools that they do, and we're taught to be scared of black people just as much as they are. She picked the white baby doll. And that's experiment. <laughs> she picked the white baby doll. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's yeah, it. Experiment. You know yeah. That's why she's working at the like, bank. You know, you know, but then the police officer. But then the police officer. And the police officer comes. He's ready to tap on his know, I feel kind of bad for the cops because he, you know, he's just showing up to some bullshit. But mm-hmm. he's trained in the way that they're trained. So, you know, he says, tells Ryan Kugler to put his hands behind his back. Ryan moves his hands an inch the other way. And he goes and grabs his piece. Yeah. You know, because that's they a scary see. ass cop. Them scary. I mean, cops are scary, I guess, you know, but they wouldn't be cops if they wasn't, I guess. But, you know, I keep seeing all this outrage about him being arrested. And, you know, how could this happen to a black man? But the way I look at it is it kind of saddens me because it's like it's very this is a black on black crime right here. You know, and it kind of it kind of reads to how. We like treat each other. Nah, not black, also, on black. This is a black on black crime because you know what? This nah. is a this is something that should have been completely and totally avoided. Completely avoided. No, you got listen. Well, the man's name is black, Ryan. I mean, all right. Think they about work it this for way. People. They can't. Yeah. Think about it this way, right? You're the bank teller. You have somebody by the name of Ryan Coogler. You know that you know you know that um, he's in the city shooting Black Panther 2. And somebody comes and he asks you to be discreet about it and everything. And he has all his verification. In 1940, is it possible that this could have happened? In 1960. Absolutely, because they'd have been like, no black man's got that much money in his bank. No, I'm talking about an all black, I'm talking about with the black tailor. And a black person in the back. And I'm going to tell you why it wouldn't have happened. Because everybody in that bank would have known who Ryan Coogler was. Because when we had... Because well, we yeah, because there's less big right. people back then, too. There was as many less people. people with that was, kind of money. There's less Muhammad Ali. That, there like were now, people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now it's like... I, I think it was a poor... Uh, it was a, a poor judgment simply because we're in Atlanta... And if you've lived in Atlanta any amount of time, yo, a dude in a Toyota could be a millionaire, you know? Uh, you know, it's it's hard-working entrepreneurs in Atlanta to get it. I mean, to be out there getting it. It's a bunch of them, you know, women and men. And it's like, I don't. what, what was you thinking, you know? You only work for a bank. I ain't never understood anybody work for a bank and be like it's their money, you know? You know, you're a labor. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're a labor at, at, a, at an organization that you you, you have no well, little to no chance to ever own it. Well, that's what true. Shit. As a former bank employee, though, I have to say, nobody wants to be on, wants to be the one that, that it's pointed to, that the finger points to. When the person gets away with the uh, $100,000 and that you could have, like, you know, prevented it had you follow procedure. You know, so. 
That's basically what the thought is. But she ain't had none of that. She had she had none of that. The man had a pin. He had a card, and he put his pin in, and it verified. That's like the end of the transaction, right? Twelve K, right? It's twelve K. That's the end of the transaction, right? Yo, there. I'm gonna tell you, they do get funny though. They do get funny. I've gone in. The, I've gone to the bank in California, man, and pull out like eight K, five K, as much as ten K before, and I, you know, he got used to me, so he, you know, he didn't, he didn't trip. But man, that first and second time, man, the mugs was tripping. I mean, I was like, look, man, you asked me for two forms of ID. Here's the IDs, this and that. What's going on here? Y'all been getting hit lately or something? I mean, I hit, you know, I hit him with that, but they got funny, you know. And then he started asking me about, oh, what do you own, an Airbnb? I see a, because this Airbnb, I have, I got an eight thousand dollar Airbnb return charge for mm-hmm. this shit that I paid for that went, that, that fell through, and uh, and you know, and I was out, and I went to the bank to yank it. I don't keep much money in the bank, man. Mm-hmm. That goddamn Georgia child support found me, and they got me one time, and I said, oh, y'all motherfuckers, <laughs> they gonna get me again. <laughs> <laughs> So I only keep so much money in the bank because I already know at any moment somebody come chop everything over that off. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I was yanking it and he started asking me, Airbnb? I started telling that white man, look, man, don't ever ask me another question about anything except for what I'm taking out this damn bank. But mm. I said, nah, man. And, it, you know, it didn't leave it to go nowhere, you know? I'm just disappointed at the they brothers and sisters. Motherfuckers. Who arrested the creator of Wakanda? What would T'Challa say? What would T'Challa say? T'Challa would understand. He probably stabbed you with because he was that type of dude. Okay, what would what was his what was the um, Michael B. Jordan? What would kill Killmonger? Is that his name? What would Killmonger? Killmonger. Yeah. What would Killmonger say? He'd stab you with a stolen vibranium artifact, and I think that would be too nice right now. Disappointed in you. Respect the culture. You want somebody doing your mama like that? Your daddy, your brother? How did it get recorded? Who decided to record it? And and I mean, the bank. Somebody who was with him. Who the knew bank who he in was? case there's a robbery. No, they, he had he had two people out in the car, and they the cops came in and grabbed them on the way in. Really. But who? Why did somebody? So why was sure somebody who, recording it? Who? What was the recording I saw? Who did that? Was that a cop? Yeah, I don't know. They were showing, or was it know. somebody else? Probably I'm one of the actual footage, or probably one of the actual residents of Wakanda. <laughs> or maybe it was the guy standing in line behind behind him who was actually going to rob the bank. <laughs> like right. oh, somebody beat me to this, <laughs> <laughs> and he was going to live stream it today. <laughs> No one needs my fuckers today. Hey, that he was, was my to, move. He was about to live stream that shit. Holla! Don't forget to follow. <laughs> <laughs> 50 racks. Yeah, Don't forget happy. to follow. Yo, I wind up in cuffs, man. I wind up in cuffs at a bank transaction, man. Yo, I'm going to be heated. I'm gonna be heated. I hope I can. I hope I'm mature enough to maintain my shit, man. Because yeah. at this age, they don't need to happen. You know, for no bullshit, it just doesn't need to happen. I'm just my temperament is bad for that. I had a I had something like that happen to me. I just called the guy with the account, and he called the bank and like bitched about it. He's like, you know how much money I got in your bank? 
started giving them fucking different account numbers. You know, you know, motherfuckers that like to brag anyway. They just waiting for some like, you know, for some humble bank employee to, yeah, somebody to pop off that they don't like. Oh, you don't like the black guy I did business with. Well, bitch, you'll never have this money because you know what? I'm going to show you why. Because you don't like working with black people like that, motherfucker. I've got this much in my account, that much in my account, that much in account. Clear the motherfucking check and give him his racks in a bag. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the people that I fuck with. Fuck the rest of y'all niggas. And on that note, nah, well, we still got a couple more minutes, though. But that would have been a good rant to end it on. It would have been a really good one. You might have to edit it back to that. Like, there's there's an entire chance that you're going to wind up going back to that. Mm-hmm. Rob, <laughs> I know you got a lot of work to do. Yo, I... Go ahead. Who, me? Yeah. We'll see. It hadn't come down yet. It's a, It's still... You know, we're still in process. Mm. Anything like, can happen. I, I, I'm not sure when my flight is yet. Anything can happen. Gee, you were going to say something? No, I was going to mention Somalia, but I really don't have enough information to talk intelligently about it. But I, I know I saw some clips of a headline. Some There was some bombing going on. And I, I don't know if it was uh, related at all to... Uh, the Ukraine thing, or, or who the perpetrator of the bombings are? Could it's not be us, shit. I don't know. It's not popular, Gene. Don't mention unpopular wars in Africa when born in trouble. We're not talking about them right now. We're talking about them right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wish the world was a better place, and everybody really fucking got their dues and got their attention but other people would say that the world is exactly the way it's supposed to be and some of those people are rooting for the war in Ukraine to keep going and going on and on and on and everything so it's like it is what it is it's not where I live just like I don't live in Chicago I don't live in Detroit I don't live in Houston I don't live in Miami I live in New York and I gotta deal with my issues here and we all have the same different issues. That we got the same issues, just uh, different designs. That's all. So it's like I got to deal with mine. You got to deal with yours. Stop whining and bitching. Just get it done. <laughs> I can never be a fucking motivational speaker. I'm listening to these motivational speakers and they're rooting people on, and I'm just like, you know what? Just get your ass up and just fucking straighten your shit up. And just keep it moving. Keep it moving. You'll you be just, like uh, you'll be like the motivational speaker in up in the air. You'll be like George Clooney up in the air, telling people to unpack their bags. Yeah, yeah, that would be me. Yeah, that would be me. I knew a uh, I knew a good uh, con man who got himself into getting big contracts for motivational speaking and sales training. Mm-hmm. He's such a beautiful brother, man. But uh, you just reminded me that of him because he had a, uh, another guy who was with the company with him uh, was having lunch with me, and I said, he said something to me, and I said, "That's what's up." Was my was my expression? He was telling me about climbing the ladder, the company ladder. Those are always great conversations because in the back of my mind, I was like. 
fuck this company, but you know, I was playing the game <laughs> with a tie on. But dude told me, dude, dude went on some. I mean, what I call it is, you know, just some. If you play in the game, then I expect certain shit from you, and it makes sense. But this is this real brother with a real dark hue, you know, and a bit of a, a lift. So I know he didn't cost some hell in this organization before, but he told me, he said, man, uh, like, see, like, that's when you said that's what's up, you know, things like that may, you know, send the wrong signal to people and this and that. I knew exactly what he was saying, right? I'm sitting there acting, looking confused, you know, like he, he said, man, you know what I want you to do? I want you to read the book, The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for shits and giggles, I started on the book, you know. I think, you know, I was reading through it and I was like, oh, okay, this one of them motherfucking books where it's going to make you wait till you get in it before it really just tell you what the fucking secret is, right? You know? But mm-hmm. I, I'm just going on and on. But here's the thing that, I, that, that dawned on me, man. Yo, motivational speaking is a huge business where these guys, man, have went and made yeah. more money Motivational speaking than the than the success in the career that they're that they're given as uh, uh, credibility. You know what I'm saying? I did this for 20 years and that and everything else and so on and so forth. So you think, oh man, this guy made millions. You know, he was a successful salesman. Turns out, now nah, the millions are being made. Now, my little motherfuckers like me buying tapes and CDs and now. shit. You know, thinking you know, now. yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm a turn into that you know how many people you know how many people have told me i should be a motivational speaker i could make money i'm wasting my time but i would probably crack up laughing at my first convention i'd be like y'all motherfuckers paid me for this shit tell you what man if you if you if you saw the racks that you were getting you fucking straighten right. up. Hey, you fucking real sew, talk, you fucking sew your face into a, into a into a pose if you had to. Listen, I'm real not talk, opposed. X, I thought about doing it. Real talk. I've thought about doing it like, yo, I could go out there and do jumping jacks for a half hour if I have to, shit, you know, and get these people, you know, going and whatnot because I ran some sales meetings and got, you know, I, I knew I can do that and I thought about doing it. But man, that's got to be a brain drain. It's got to be exhausting, man. My, my message would not be soft. I'm trying to secure contracts, and, it huh? would it would not be soft, and I would not be interested in doing stuff like securing contracts and shit like that. And maybe that's probably why I would be successful. It'd be like he doesn't want to come. Tell him we'll give him five G's. Fuck no, ten G's. Fuck no, fifteen. Okay. You know Terry Bradshaw makes money off of that. Yeah, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. I didn't even know it until a CEO CEO I had hired the motherfucker. Well, they came in there talking about his years with Star Starbucks and everything. I thought it was interesting and stuff, but there was no tie in. No, he wasn't able to tie it all up, you know, except for you know, <laughs> you know, we're going. You guys are venturing out on a new opportunity and this, but he didn't tie his stories up with. He, he us, tied up, know, did he tie up every like, story? Yeah, they paid him for that shit. Did he tie up huh? every story with? And then Lin Swan ran the fly route, and I threw the ball up, <laughs> and he caught it, and we won the nah, Super Bowl been, again. His stick is on how he overcame adversity yeah. through being called dumb, be uh, through you know being around when when 
the beloved Starbuck was around, uh, the this, the that, the All injuries, that. the this and that. Any football player can give the same goddamn Starbuck. Uh, motivational speech because because in order to be a football player, your ass got to be doing some. I'm talking about getting through pain and doing some work and making all types of sacrifices. But yeah, that's what it was. The man got up there, got us hyped up. He said, we gone? We gone? <laughs> no, we about oh, to be Chris, gone. Because you said Starbucks. And I said, pew, pew, pew. Because that's Battlestar Star- Galactica. <laughs> Starbucks, he's the pilot. <laughs> Oh, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, my bad. My bad. Just, oh, just, he's crying. It's not even that funny, but Craig cracking up. Well, I didn't even pick up on the Battlestar Galactica connection. Yeah. <laughs> but he got it. But Craig got it. Bruh. <laughs> That's the way. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. He got Jesus it. Christ. You can tell they were roommates. Oh, yeah, man. He got it. So. They understand oh, each other Lord. like blood brothers yo man it's just yo he's got he's got he's overcome a lot of adversity man and he's got you know he's got that wife now is making him go on tv and embarrass himself in that reality series yeah gotta get paid make sure that there's paper after he's gone gotta get paid man somebody's gotta pay attention the paper outlives them that's why you buy a wife that's why you buy a wife that's more embarrassing (laughs) that's why you buy a wife that you're equally vetted for you know what I'm saying? He probably likes this. He likes the spotlight anyway. He said, "Buy one." You know, and he can't. I, did That's I say buy? buy I didn't one, say huh? buy a wife. I did not say buy a wife. I say enough problematic stuff on my own. Why would you pay for that? You did say it, but <laughs> anyway, yo, y'all see that Zoom <laughs> commercial where that they got that brother in in, in tidy whities? How he embarrassed himself like that? Yeah, on a commercial. Oh, I thought we were. I thought we were, we were going to be on Zoom. I thought it was going to be a Zoom thing. That guy. Oh yeah. my god, yo! Oh my god, look, you know, I ain't even going front. They got that dude up there, man, with absolutely no bulge going right, and and straight tidy whities. And yo, he accepted it. He went for that, yo. Dude, dude, don't care. You don't care. Very you don't care. So here's, here's the deal. That's a national commercial, right? So yeah. That's probably. 75k for the first run and it's na- it's national so he probably gets to, they probably have to give him another hit every 13 weeks that they run that okay Damn, so show the world that see mr brooks it. knows his commercial rates guess what here's the thing whether you got it Damn. or not if you got them racks you'll get it yeah right they give Damn, it to you anyway. Yeah. I can they, tell you another they fun fact. them on national TV. I can, tell you, them. I can tell you another fun fact about that about that commercial. It was directed by Tyler what? Perry. Born in Trouble. Season two. Episode, <laughs> episode two. From Detroit, Michigan. Yo, Mr. y'all Grant know what Hanky. commercial I'm talking. Hey, look, y'all know what commercial I'm talking about because I know I ain't the no. only one was thinking it was like, yo, this dude really like, yo. I'm, yo. No, I saw it. In, I saw the interview <laughs> when Tyler Perry was talking about it. From they, really, just a dumb K. Is he fucking with me right now? <laughs> y'all, y'all are idiots, bro. And of course, yeah, from Philadelphia. invited down to Todd Perry Studio, Studios <laughs> in Atlanta. That's for damn sure. That's Ooh, just a boy. city down here. That's just pretty live, man. 
Last but not uh, least, yeah, they got the casting distracted. director. One of the casting directors from, uh, up here moved down there because of the opportunity that created. You seen someone on Tyler Perry's plantation? He yeah, rocking. Uh, he rocking. He rocking with him again because you know my uh, my, my ex wife. My ex wife went and saw her, Selmo at a plate. Uh, Tyler Perry played when he was doing like a circuit in Atlanta or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with I don't, Tyler, I, I don't think he's back with it. I don't think he's back. Oh, uh, no, nah, he out in California, man. Last time I talked yeah. to Selmo, he was out in California. I haven't talked yeah, to Selmo in years. That's because nobody he's talks to me. I have a talk show and nobody nah, he talks always, to me. He always say X used to take his girls out to eat and then later on he. Get he or try to steal his girlfriends and take him out to eat, and, and then and then after the ex take him out to eat and stuff, he'll circle back around and go and smash. Him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story he tells all the time. <laughs> 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 I said, I said, because yeah. so be teasing him from behind. Be getting him going about that shit, and then uh, uh, he said, uh, he said something about. Somebody said something about your ex is hollering at your girl. He said, oh, no, I don't mind, man. See, ex is cool, man. He'll go take your girl out to eat and everything else. You know, so you don't have to do all that. And then you can... <laughs> He's funny now. You got to get that to Selmo. Selmo oh, is yeah. fucking hilarious, hilarious, man. He's fucking hilarious. hilarious. He's funny like you, eh? Sure. <laughs> Obviously, it seems like he thinks he's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's funny. Come on, it catches me off guard no. so much, you know. But 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 then you know, there's just it's bottomless though. There's no end to you know. <laughs> no. There's no end to his humor. Did, you know what I'm saying? There's no end to his humor. No, we gotta get some. We gotta get some more in here so that way we can compare like some some. Oh my god, notes. that'll be a hey, right, bro. Yeah, you know, some notes and quotes and everything. Cause we were all doing a lot of mingling over there, so it's it's all good. It's all good. I ain't go front though, man. That man, that man. Right but but for the record, for the record, I didn't have money to I didn't have money to take any girls out to dinner. They were coming to dinner at the crib. So. Oh well, then you could cook for them. But maybe yeah, I could, yeah, I could cook for them. <laughs> I could cook for them, and then send them back home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's the way it always you works. For him and got them all yeah, hot because that's the way the warm up. No, because, yeah, because right, that's the way. No, that's the way. That's the way I work. I invite you back to the crib. I feed you, and then I send you back home no, unscathed. It was all a joke. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm the way I'm telling it, man. I knew they. Was no, because that, no, they were it, but it was listen, a funny joke. I mean, it, it works really for my. Funny. It, it works for funny. my wholesome yeah. image. It works for my wholesome image. You can send your daughter to my home. Late at night, and I will feed her. And when she comes home and tells you nothing happened, you better believe her, because Selmo says so. <laughs> no, man, we gonna have him on the show. <laughs> we can ask some questions about it. Hey, tell us that kind of story. <laughs> well, let's. Well, listen. Let's just break this down. Let's let's turn this into a true detective show. Robert Grant, you knew me in college. Was I a poor? Uh, yes, we were all poor. We were all very poor. Yes, we were all poor. Very poor. 
Very poor. I couldn't tell the way y'all were chefing up that Tom Ramen every time I, I, I visited D.C. <laughs> well, that's the I whole point. like, damn, these niggas live rough up here, boy. I'm talking about them streets. <laughs> Carpet never got vacuumed up in that damn house and the shit, but talk about signs all over shit in the refrigerator. I was like, damn, this is what I missed out on? That was at, that was at Grant's was old house. Up. Me and Grant only lived together yeah. for that one year, for the freshman year. And then I had my, my spots. Drew. And they, yeah, gentlemen that drew. And then I went to various mm-hmm. different spots around the city and everything and did my own thing. So what was going on he in the dormitories? Yeah, he was gone the days I came. Yeah, what was going on in the dormitories? I don't know. I was off campus, you know, so. Shit, Brian. I think I only on. slept with, I think I only slept with one girl at Howard. <laughs> Huh? You hear me, Grant? Brian uh, Selvin was living in his dumb dormitory till they was twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed in the dormitory, man, when I was twenty four years old, going to visit them at Howard, man. They, had, they put me up in the dormitory because that's where Brian was. I went in that community shower. I was like, man, y'all got me fucked up, man. Y'all take showers in here. <laughs> Wow. You know, well, whatever you got to do, yeah, everybody man. has their own. I, I couldn't do it personally. I didn't like the dormitory after the first year. It was fun. I got to meet all, all the fellas, man. We cracked the fuck up. We did yeah. a lot of dumb shit. We did a lot of dumb shit together. A lot of dumb shit. And I did. Man, yeah, I wouldn't have my dumb I, shit I on my own. I would have gotten trouble. You know or something. I wouldn't have made Be it, but it sounded fun, for sure. Have you here with me? <laughs> so, Born in Trouble, second episode. Good night, Mr. Robert Brooks from Philadelphia. Peace. Yo, yo, yo.